Hello and welcome to Horror Hut, the show where any and everything related to horror and all of its subgenres are the subjects. I'm your host Cordell, this is episode 3, and on this episode I'm going to talk about the movie Mother. So Mother is only a few years old, it came out in 2017 and it's directed by Darren Aronofsky and it's starring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ed Harris, Donald Gleason, his brother Brian Gleason, Kristen Wiig, just to name a few. Um, it's a psychological horror in my book with some surrealist elements, and it's, you know, we all know the plot. It's about a couple who live in this beautiful country home, and they are suddenly disrupted by the arrival of a whole bunch of weird people, right? And... Uh, Javier Bardem's character doesn't really seem to mind that these people are just kind of coming out of nowhere and for seemingly no reason. Whereas Jennifer Lawrence's character is completely confused by this happening. And it, you know, that's what causes some of the suspense. I mean, and, you know, and when I saw it for the first time, I too was confused as to what these people's purpose was i mean what like why were they how were they finding this country house in the middle of nowhere i mean you see that it's literally in the middle of nowhere but you know it, it has a fresh rating on rotten tomatoes so some people like it like that's an okay uh rating and, and i love rotten tomatoes absolutely love it i've i've been looking at movie reviews and you know from critics and audiences alike on that website since I was a teenager. Uh, I just, I love it. So I, I, and I, you know, I also look at Metacritic and a couple of other uh, sites as well, but I enjoy Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's fun, but it does make you think the movie is definitely a piece that just makes you go, huh? For a second there, you know, and I, you know, I have to say I couldn't figure out what was going on until later on in the film. And I think that's where it may have rubbed some people the wrong way. Uh, like I've said before, when people hear the word horror, they think of traditional elements like jump scares or dark shadowy places, corners or things like that in a building or a house, or, you know, weird sounds, sometimes sounds that, aren't that would be replaced by music usually of uh, but i've found in horror that if it's quiet enough if there's absolutely no noise whatsoever that can be that can be a good builder of suspense so i think that's what people are looking for and if they don't get that it's not scary to them they don't really think about it anymore um so I think that could be it. And sometimes, unfortunately, whatever a person's political views are as an individual can rub people the wrong way. It doesn't matter what they do after that. It, 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 I think some of the comments that Jennifer Lawrence may have made just bothered people. And so now there are people who are against her, but I'm not focused on what they're purpose i'm sorry not their purpose wow not i'm not focused on their personal beliefs i'm focused on their work and if they put out good work i appreciate that for what it is good work but 
that's what I think kind of there's a couple of things. I think that's what really bothered people. But after discovering the fact that it was an allegory and an allegory is just uh, a technique. So it's a way to tell a story with a lot of interconnected symbols and figures in a way that the the meaning has how am I how do I explain it? it the meaning of the work is beyond the literal level so you can't take it at face value you have to think about it and I actually read some interviews that Darren Aronofsky did um because it was very vague the preview was interesting. You know, I love a preview that doesn't give anything away. Uh, that makes you really go, what, what, like, huh? You know, it, it spikes your curiosity. And in some of the interviews, he said that it was an allegory for climate change and how us humans have damaged the planet. And it's told from Mother Earth's point of view, and Mother Earth would be Jennifer Lawrence's character. But I didn't quite get that. I mean, I understood it when I saw the the interview and uh, the interviews that I read online. But I got more of the biblical references, specifically with the book of Genesis and other chapters at the beginning of the Old Testament. That's what I'm going to talk about. So like I said before, I didn't know what was going on until later on in the movie, and I believe I was beyond the halfway point at, at when I kind of started to figure it out. But once I did, I saw it for a second time and with the knowledge that I had just gained, and I was like, okay, now I get it. It makes sense. So that brings me to my next few points that I'm going to make about the movie. And uh, my first point is that Javier Bardem's character is God. He is the physical manifestation of God. And the poetry that he writes throughout the film is the word of God. Uh, he existed before Mother got there, obviously. And his bedroom, another thing that I wanted to point out, his bedroom is on the top floor of the house. And his study where he likes to keep his writings and his precious crystal that no one can touch or go near, which is supposed to represent the forbidden fruit. That is on the second floor. So he's literally the man upstairs. And then, of course, we know that Jennifer Lawrence's character is Mother Nature. And at one point, he says to her that she breathes life into the house, that you know he appreciates what she's doing. And that's true, both literally and metaphorically. Literally, she's constantly doing housework throughout the movie. And at one point, she tells uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, whose name was Woman, but she represents Eve because they have a little conversation. I'm about to get to that in a second. But she said she wanted to make the home a paradise. And of course, metaphorically, before the arrival of Woman she's painting the wall and she's trying to like mix some paints together in a bowl to create a different color paint for the wall. And she's trying to figure out which one she wants. And 
she places her hand on the wall and envisions a beating heart. So she's connected to the house. Um, and then, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer's character and Ed Harris's character, whose whose name is Man in the movie, because they don't really you, you don't really know their names. These are just people, right, who just show up at their house, and you, as the viewer, don't you don't get it. I I certainly didn't. I'm like, okay, I'm waiting, you know, to to know why these people are here and what purpose they serve, and you find out later. But anyway, uh, yeah, they. They are representing Adam and Eve. And as we know from the Bible, Adam is immediately connected to God and God kind of shows him the ropes, ropes so to speak. Um, it's like that hike that they go on after Mother, Jennifer Lawrence's character, and woman, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, are having a little, you know, little girl time or whatever. And the two guys decide that they're going to go for a hike. And she tells him to be careful, you know, whatever. Uh, so that is definitely a representation of the connection between Adam and God. And he also shows him the crystal in the study and, and tells him, you know, like, bro, this is mine. Don't touch it pretty much. And at one point, I didn't get this either. I think I didn't, I don't think I got it until I saw it for like the third or fourth time, but he gets violently ill. Man, Ed Harris's character gets violently ill the night before his wife arrives, Michelle Pfeiffer arrives and mother Jennifer Lawrence's character. I'm trying to, you know, keep it going here so that, you know, you know who I'm talking about. But Jennifer Lawrence's character, she notices like a, a bruise or some sort of mark on his side and her husband tries to cover it up and is like, basically, you know, mind your business, like go to the next room, whatever. You know, I got this. Well, as we know, that represents the rib that he removed to create woman, which is why she didn't get there until a day later. And, and when she does, and I was like, okay, so, but you know, that, that makes, that makes perfect sense now, but it took a few, a couple more times of seeing it to understand that part. But when she gets there, when Michelle Pfeiffer's character gets there, she's, she's full of mischief. She's drinking, asking very forward, personal questions, just being all around brazen and everything that she says and does. And she ends up breaking the crystal in the study after they were clearly instructed not to do so. And that pisses Javier Bardem's character off. It pisses him off. And uh, so they're like, you know, he's like, get out. So they leave. Well, they don't leave. They just go downstairs and they start having sex. And I thought, again, what the hell? <laughs> Who does that? Like, these people are so weird. You don't know their names. You don't know why they're there. And who does that? I, and and why would he even let them in in the first place? And why is he not being upfront with his wife about these people and why they're there? Just didn't. I, I was stuck. But again, after seeing it a couple times and thinking about the story in Genesis of Adam and Eve discovering their sexual awakening or discovering themselves, you know, okay, 
you know, it, that, that makes sense because they decided to clothe themselves in the Bible. They understood that they were naked. And at first they didn't because they hadn't sinned quite yet. I mean, until that incident with the fruit. And that's just one thing before I move on to my next point. A lot of people, they say, you know, it's an apple or whatever. Look, here's the thing. We, of course, it's, it's, it's a story for those who don't believe it's a story. And for those who do, okay, that's fine. But we need to keep in mind that anything that bears seed is a fruit. So we don't know what it was. We just know it had seeds in it. Okay. Okay. Tomato, for example, is a fruit. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, my next point is that man and woman's sons arrive at the house shortly after all of that. And they're fighting over their father's will. They make that very clear. And that's where Donal and Brian Gleason come in. They're brothers in real life. Like I said before, and just like in the Bible, the one brother is jealous and he ends up murdering his younger brother and he's pissed off that he's not in his father's will and he ends up killing him. And that's the Cain and Abel story. Um, my next point is the water pipe burst in the kitchen. Now, this was after they're, they're trying to have some sort of wake or funeral type situation for the son that was just killed. And <clears throat> a bunch of people come over to show their condolences, to give their condolences. And again, it doesn't make sense. Who are all of these people? Right. And Jennifer Lawrence is thinking the same thing, like, bro, where are these people coming from? But she's just, she's trying to be compliant. She's trying to just keep things moving along without any sort of rift between her and her husband. Um, but they, there's a scene where there's a couple who are sitting on the sink that she had been working on and she told them that it hadn't been set yet. So please don't sit on it. And the, the, the girl who's sitting there, she says, okay. Then she hops down. And as soon as she turns her back, she hops right back up on the sink. And she tells her again, like, you need to get down from there. And she was like, all right, like, whatever, my bad, that kind of, you know, whatever attitude. She turns away again because there's other, there's other little tiny commotions <clears throat> going on. <coughs> Excuse me. And so there we go. Humans were so these random people that are coming in that God is welcoming in. We're being disobedient. That's just that's what that is. We're corrupt. You know, the fall of man has happened upstairs in the study when the crystal broke and when he killed his brother and, you know, just so on and so forth like in the Bible, they indulged in the fruit of this tree they weren't supposed to. And, and it should hit the fan after that. <laughs> and not just for them, but for everybody. So, but yeah, that's what had happened. And she kept bouncing on it and then it burst. And so that represented the great flood. 
just them being reckless and not listening to her instruction that would represent the great flood the whole there was water everywhere like a lot of people were wet and trying to figure out how to stop the flooding some of them were some of them really weren't just everybody was just kind of doing their own thing at that point um but that's definitely a nod to the story of Noah's Ark. And so after all of that, everybody leaves and her and her husband have sex. And I'm talking about mother and him, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. They find they have sex and she finally gets pregnant. And she tells him the following morning that she's pregnant. And so he begins writing again. Like that was his inspiration to write again and because they, they had been trying to get pregnant apparently for a while and that would represent the new testament and his you know his new poems are published right like right after that right directly after that i mean without leaving the house it just kind of magically happened and its beauty and perfection is unmatched that's what they say and it ends up launching into the final chaotic moments of the movie and that's where i started to pick up oh okay i get okay it's biblical references Kristen wig plays as publicist and she can be interpreted as the prophet because it's her job to receive and spread his word or his poems to everyone else so then we end up witnessing the birth and death of Christ in the midst of the revelers, the false prophets and thieves, wars, raids, executions, cults, extremists, prisoners, explosions, deaths, everything imaginable, excuse me, imaginable happening around her as she's giving birth. Like she's, she's giving birth. And so they finally barricade themselves in his study because there's just so much you have to see the movie there's so much going on outside of those walls but she felt safe in there and was like i don't want these people around my infant son and then she eventually feels uncomfortable around her husband who is just hell-bent on sharing him sharing this son with this you know, this crowd of crazy people. And she doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want to give her son to him. She doesn't want him to share the news with these people or, you know, nothing. She doesn't want anything to do with these people. And unfortunately, she dozes off. She hears a bunch of, again, commotion. She, she hears stuff going on and she realizes what's going on. And He's pretty much like, yay, look at my son. And they they end up passing the baby around. Now, now this is kind of crazy. But they're passing the baby around and they're it's it's an infant, right? They're very delicate. He was just born, I don't even know what, like a few hours ago at that point in the movie. They end up snapping his neck. And of course, there's kind of a hush that falls over everyone. And then within the blink of an eye, you see them all eating something bloody. And 
again, when you're seeing it for the first time, you don't really know what's going on until, oh, yeah, they're eating the baby. So, and this enrages her, of course, but that represents the crucifixion and the communion. And that causes her to lash out and she blows up the house with everyone in it. And that's supposed to represent revelations uh, with it raining fire and the earth is going to burn. That represents nature's wrath, her rage, her she's pissed off. And then after all of that, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem are the only survivors. I mean, she's clearly burnt, but she's somehow still alive, but she's scorched and he is unscathed. He's perfectly fine. And the very last thing that she gives him is her heart, like right out of her chest. And with that, the world can begin again. And that's what becomes the crystal that he again places in his study. And once he does that, the house reanimates itself. It's as if nothing has ever happened. And the scene where Jennifer Lawrence wakes up and he's not in bed and she calls for him, it's a completely different woman. So it gets you thinking. It definitely gets you thinking. And I thought, oh, that, that I thought it was pretty neat. And of course, it took me a few times to watch it. And maybe there are some people out there who just aren't that patient. They only want to see it once. And if they like it, okay, they'll watch it again. But I definitely enjoyed it. And that's my takeaway from Mother. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Har Hut Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Anchor and Spotify so that you never miss an episode. You can also head over to the Har Hut Facebook page where you can continue the conversation and join the discussion. Until next time.